0: Welcome to
1: Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 23, the Punchboarders talk about recent plays, reach into the mailbag, head over to Clefs for a Kickstarter corner, give our board game resolutions and some of the things we're most looking forward to in 2019. And then review Thunderstone Quest. Hi everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Richie. Woo, there was a little bit of Wolfman Jack let's, sneaking in let's there. Let's get it <laughs> on. I'm ready, I'm ready to record tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They say it's your birthday. <laughs> well birthday too, yeah. Yeah, so I just had my uh, birthday party, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a good I mean, day of gaming. I think we, I think I counted. I think I had like 31 people that at least claimed to know me, um, or <laughs> at least showed up for free for games. games. That's, and, yeah. that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was awesome though, because I get we, I ended up getting a like a little union hall that our friend Corey was able to get for us, and so it had plenty of room and plenty of tables and great lighting and yeah. So a bunch of people came, played a bunch of board games. I had a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it was
3: a great day. Yeah, and the snow missed us because it was looking at first that so we were going to get hit like a yeah two inches,
1: but yeah, it was cold. But it, it that's was that's why we were inside cold. playing board games. Yeah, <laughs> so I started at eight o'clock in the morning. So Richie was there at eight o'clock, yep. and then I went until two a.m. So I did uh, was <laughs> sixteen hours, eighteen hours. No longer than that, yeah, eighteen hours. Yeah, so almost. Not quite our 24-hour gaming night, but I think 18 hours is my limit. Yeah, that's got to be. I mean, <laughs> I just
2: remember, yeah, right. I, I remember the 24-hour thing. That, that's, I mean, I'll do that once a year, I think, but that's that's a lot. Yeah, so.
1: that's, that's, yeah
2: I left around 11, yeah. so like 15 hours, and I was done. Yeah, <laughs> I made it to one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I really, I think I only played, I played a game of Skull King, and I played a couple of games of No Thanks, but otherwise, it was all heavy, Euro-y type of games. In fact, my I think the favorite of the day for me was our uh, friend from Lincoln, uh, John Frazier, came down. And he had a copy of Anachrony where he has painted the minis. And ooh, are they pretty. Um, not usually, obviously, Something that it matters all that much to me, but if yeah, it's just there, keep hey, saying that. I'm, <laughs> I <laughs> <One> know, right? <laughs> one <laughs> day, Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying they were very pretty, and we got to play a game of it, and it was it was a lot of fun. I got to play with him and his wife Julie, and then uh, Richie and me, we got to play that one. Yeah, he did
3: uh, awesome job painting them, and he had the the uh, Meeple Realty insert, which was really cool. Yeah, it was.
1: It. it was really nice and really nice to use. And then he had, I mean, it was decked out. It was. Yeah. It was really nice and. Um, and I won that one that day. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I was one matters. of the very few that I won that day. <laughs> so he, I, I
2: saw you were, you were talking about, he, he did such a nice job that you kind of got interested in painting, huh?
1: Well... I thought if I'm ever going to do any painting, I mean, I thought the Anachrony Minis would certainly be a good starting point. Now, there's a lot of things that I say I'm going to do and then never happens. Like I keep thinking I'm going to make a board game, and I like write stuff out, and then it kind of goes away. And <laughs> now I think maybe I'll paint, and maybe that goes away. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. But it, they were nice. I will say they were nice. They looked good, and it's something that. If I really thought I had the time to do, maybe I would.
3: Yeah, he, didn't he say it took him months to get them all painted. Yeah, about, it yeah. took
1: him a long time, and yeah, and he has a job that he, you know, is he's self employed, so he can do it when he wants to. I, I I have to go to work when they tell me to. <laughs> he's probably getting out
2: the paints. Oh, this is a billable hour right here. Yeah, exactly. This is a billable. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure I'm sure John works way more than uh, than forty hours with his uh, his law I would, office. So. I would imagine, but that yeah, was great. It, it was a really beautiful job, and I, I got kind of inspired to do it, too. Not like I could produce those results, but it was pretty nice. I actually got to play a bunch of games as well. I got to play well, one of the games that I got to play that day because I played a bunch of new-to-me games, which was great. I played Australia. So the Martin Wallace game, which is you know kind of a Cthulhu route-building game.
1: You mean like one of my favorite designers? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. right. And, and and as soon as I said Australia, you're like, oh, who designed that? <laughs> but uh, I knew it was him. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I was I was really surprised. I got to say, I was really surprised because this is not a game that I would pick up. I have to tell you, I really hate Cthulhu. Like, I I really hate Cthulhu. I don't I don't like it. I I like zombies for whatever reason, but I've always kind of liked zombie movies just for the metaphor and whatever, but Cthulhu, for whatever reason, drives me up the wall, and I don't like it, irrationally so. But anyway, moving on from that, I would have never picked this game up. However, Bryce said, this is one of my favorites of the year. Bryce, who we've talked about before, I should say he's got a, a podcast called Out of the Dust, which is kind of fun, so you should check it out if, if you're interested in games that maybe you haven't played in a while that have been kind of collecting dust. It's a good podcast for this. But anyway, Bryce pulls it out and says, this is one of my tops of last year. Let's, let's play it. And I thought, all right, well, it's Martin Wallace, and I can see there's some train tracks, so... So that sounds interesting.
3: Yeah, it actually kind of did look like brass when you guys were playing it.
2: So, yeah, there's some there's some network building. There's some route building in there, and there are some really interesting mechanisms in there. First of all, you have this time track around the board, and you have these action selection spaces on your own mat that cost cubes. You have these cubes, right? So each... Action costs a cube to play, and then it costs so many time around the time track. But the time track is kind of like Agizia or Glenmore or those types of things. Patchwork is another good example where you do the cost of the action, and then whoever is behind you, they get to keep going until they have leapfrogged over the top of you. And so you just get to keep chaining actions together if you're smart about it, which is really interesting. But not only that, you can take... You, you can take your action cubes and, and pay these things. But then if you wanted to do another action that you've already done and your action cube is sitting on top of it, you can use a gold resource and put that down with another action cube and basically take that action again. Otherwise, you put down a cube on an action space that allows you to pick up all your action cubes again, kind of in that Concordia pick up my cards style of of play. But anyway, the, the network building, the route building out to different places where you can mine and Get these resources and grab them back and use them for different things and pay for military because you're fighting against Cthulhu. It's a it's a semi cooperative game meaning that there's no traitor but there's a there's going to be a winner of the game and it can either be Cthulhu or it can be one of you and it's really interesting. We made it. To almost the end, but I think uh, Josh got eaten completely by Cthulhu, which triggered the end of the game. And basically, so then you add up all everybody's points, and Cthulhu can have points out on the board left too. So it's very interesting that way.
1: You you were pretty good on me until the end there, and then you're trying to tell me that Cthulhu just won because he ate Josh. Well,
2: so they they try to spread across the board and they take over your your anchor which is your kind of your home port, basically, but by the ocean of Australia um, and by the water there. And so so you have farms that you're trying to build, too, because your farms are going to gain you resources for different things. And so it basically has some programmed movement in the way it moves in, an, in a card deck, and it's going to move across the board and try to swallow your farms, which could be points for you at the end of the game. And then if it, if it gets anybody's port... That's the end of the game. Hmm. And then you tally up points. And unfortunately, there were enough Cthulhu left on the board on sides that had been unturned, basically, that they got a lot of points for those that were still left on the board as well as us not having enough points from farms that were left or resources or things of that nature. Were you close? Not really. No, no. <laughs> he, he kind of he slaughtered us. And it, it was it was kind of my fault, too, because Bryce said, you can't. Oh, this is a network building, but you can't really cut each other off in this game. And then, of course, I just I managed to cut Bryce off nice and hard <laughs> after about four turns. And it wasn't because I was really trying to. But they, you have um, I can't think of what the resource is, but it's this white. Oh, phosphorus. You have phosphorus, too. And those are worth like. Three points, I think, at the end of the game. So I saw those sitting out. And I'm like, I'm going here. I'm going to cut you off and take this one, and you know. So, but then if I if I had allowed Bryce to probably get it, he probably could have helped us more <laughs> to win the game.
3: Yeah, I was with you until the. I don't like the. I don't like competitive games where you can have it where no one wins. Like that, if, if it was cooperative, then fine. But
2: right. See that was that was the biggest thing for me. I really liked the gameplay, and some of the mechanisms were so smart. But the feeling of like all of us losing to Cthulhu, who I hate anyway, uh, was just kind of weird. And I, I so that didn't sit well with me. If you do like cooperative games, because that's kind of what it felt like at the end, it was like this is sort of a cooperative game. If you do like those kinds of games, you sh- should check it out because there are really some interesting mechanisms. But I. A game like that, that I was so, it felt like so invested in my network and stuff like that. And then nobody wins in the end. It just felt unsatisfying to me. And that's my personal opinion, of course.
1: I, I just am picturing now like playing brass with Cthulhu coming to try to. <laughs> you know, take my ports away before I can ship to them or something. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: nothing. I mean, sugath, the Shoggoth like cotton. I mean, I, a nice warm sweater on a sugath is like heaven for them. So, yeah. And now i'm speaking i'm speaking cthulhu. I'm say, <laughs> you, you lost
3: me <laughs> yeah. i don't okay. mind cthulhu but once you start like trying to actually say the names of the monsters and stuff like that i check out usually
1: <laughs> all right uh richie save us what have you been playing <laughs>
3: uh so one game i got in recently i didn't play it at uh, your game day but i got in new frontiers the uh, race for the galaxy board game Ooh. and so in this game it's it's basically a mashup of Puerto Rico, San Juan, Roll for the Galaxy, Race for the Galaxy. So if you have played any of those, you, like when you open up this box, you could probably figure out how to play just by looking at the pieces. Cause all there's a bunch of art from Race for the Galaxy in here and the way that the game plays is that there are several action tile setups. And if you are familiar with Race for the Galaxy, you know, you have the explore, settle, produce, trade consume all those different actions out there and on your turn you'll select one action and you'll get the bonus for that action and then everyone else will do the action with you so you know think puerto rico or san juan and then the whole goal of the game is to be building development tiles to give you powers which also have point values on them and then uh, as you get more powers you can create more combos to where you're building uh the different planets around the board and then those will allow you to obviously produce different uh, materials, which you can trade for points or money. Like I said, if you have played any of the games I've mentioned before, all this is sounding pr- pretty familiar. And I would say, if you don't own any of those other ones, this is a great game. If you own, if you own any of them, it's it's hard to justify you know sinking the amount of money into this as it costs.
1: It's just not enough different gameplay in it to make it worth the while.
3: Right. The biggest difference in this is that uh, colonist. In this game, become a resource, which in the previous uh, race for the Galaxy games, it's not like that. But obviously that that's in Puerto Rico, too. You know, it, it's great if you are, you know, if you only play two player games a lot, this, a lo- this gives you that Puerto Rico feel like the full Puerto Rico feel in a two player game that's playable at two
2: and there's more variability in it than puerto rico without the expansion correct because there's more change up to the setup so it's not like when i do this then you do this and then you do this and i do this
3: so there are half of the development tiles are set so no matter what those will always be in the game and then the other half of the development tiles are double-sided and you basically just flip those at the beginning of the game to see which ones are going to be in so that's going to switch up but it's not huge now obviously they can expand that with Uh, expansions and hopefully they do but i mean it's a great game i love race for the galaxy i love Roll for the galaxy i love them all uh and i own them all i think that's the issue for me do i need this as well
2: so what do you think you're going to do with this one
3: i it will probably hang around for a bit i want to see if they put out any more expansions they included like a little mini expansion of the goals that uh, they've had in all the other uh, race for the galaxy and Roll for the galaxy so i want to see what else uh rio grande does with it if they put out more stuff for it, then I'll hang on to this.
2: The The components seem like really nice. Those cubes that come in there look like they ate like five QIC cubes from the, <laughs> yeah. from the Gaia Project game. So they're huge. <laughs> yeah, the production is really,
3: really great, especially for Rio Grande, because you don't usually expect to see those kind of high-quality plastics in there. But yeah, exactly. they did a really good job with the game. It's a great game. It's just uh, I'm not sure yet if I need to
2: hang on to it. Hmm. Okay. Clef, I want to hear... I keep forgetting to ask you about this. I know that you, not too long ago, played Tokyo Highway. I really want to hear about Tokyo Highway. Please tell me how that play of Tokyo Highway went.
1: Well, what would you like to know about Tokyo <laughs>
2: Highway? <laughs> Wait a minute. You well, played an abstract game? No, no, no. That's a, that's a It's a dexterity game. No, even yeah, bigger. that's right. <laughs> even bigger. Uh,
1: yes, I did. <laughs> what is worse than bad? Wow. Wow. <laughs> for, for me, not the game, okay. for me. Oh, playing you! Oh my God, I'm bad. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I am bad. All right, I think I'm like bad at like the estates and some of these other. No, I am bad at this game. Well, at one point, all the other players were going trying to just help me get one of my cars (laughs) onto a road because I kept knocking them over.
2: For our listeners, explain an overview of what you're trying Um, to
1: do. I've only played this one time, so don't don't quote me on all this. And it has been a little bit since I've played it. But you're basically you have some like popsicle sticks, and then you have different like round cylinders that you try to connect your popsicle sticks to. And then you have a little car that you put on these popsicle sticks. And the object of the game is you're trying to kind of cross over other people's highways, like trying to make yours like a little bit higher. And then you put your car on there. But obviously if you go up too many levels and your little car will start to slide off and fall off or whatever. Now don't, I never even got to the point of trying to do that. This was just regular (laughs) level one that I couldn't do. Um, and I played with uh, Dan from across the board. I played with uh, Corey and, and Ryan Brockman. And they, they were all pretty good at the game, you know, and they were getting all along. And every time I'd come to try to do it, I would basically just crash the whole city and they would have to try to put it all back together. <laughs> and every time you, there, was, like, there was a rule, if you mess up and you accidentally knock your car off or you knock off your thing, you have to give one of your popsicle sticks, which you only have so many of them, to another player. There was a point where they just had to give me back my popsicle sticks if I wanted to continue to play. I am not good at dexterity games. I it was it was interesting. I mean, I I I think if you like dexterity games, I think it's a pretty cool game. It looked awesome. I mean, I threw a bunch of pictures up on our Instagram page because it looked really neat for uh Basically, a pretty basic game with some popsicle sticks and just some cubes and some little cars. It looked really beautiful, especially when you you know start to build the city. But yeah, I'm bad. So, and that's that's
2: (laughs) by Jordan Draper, and I think that's in like wide release now. It used to just be in I don't know a series of those Tokyo games that you could only get overseas, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. He's he's doing a whole set of those, and actually, that's a little preview. I'm going to talk about some of the other games here coming up. But uh, yeah. would I play it again? Yes, I would, which would maybe shock you just because it's quick, it's light. It's one of those things that, you know, you maybe you're in between a couple of heavier mm-hmm. games or maybe the end of the night or something or maybe to kick the night off. I would mess around with it again but I mean I don't think I'm going to be any better I, I think I'm just bad at dexterity games. Do you own a dexterity game? Uh, yes, one. it's called Lift It. You have to stick that thing on your oh, forehead yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. <laughs> why I'm did bad you at that game too. <laughs> of all the ones, why did you keep that? Oh, I don't I don't cuz I probably didn't think I
2: make it. <laughs> See, now I kept that but it hurt my neck so I got, sold it cuz that thing is uh, yeah, 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 but it Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at that then, because I like some dexterity
0: games. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I think that you you both, I think, would probably find it interesting to, to kind of mess around with and play. Um, yeah, definitely not going to be on my need-to-buy list, but certainly, I mean, I, I would play it again.
2: Well, one other game that I played with Bryce on a, on a different day, actually, not your birthday, but I, I played... First of all, I told him, look, I want to play Macau again cuz I want to I want to look take another look at this game. And I went into it really planning ahead and kind of kind of making sure I had cubes to put out there in the actions. And I think for the most part you can do it. And usually at the times cuz we were all conscious of it, usually at the times when we couldn't put cubes out ahead, nobody could do it and everybody took a minus 3 chit, so it didn't matter all that much. I think if you really pay attention, you won't have to have to worry about it too much that's my
1: feeling on Macau but would you like my feelings on Macau you can I, reiterate I, if I'm you just like. gonna reiterate there is not enough manipulation in that game to make it a good game there's just there's a great I love the theme or not the theme I could care less about the theme I love the mechanic of the game is is great but the game itself you just there's no way for you randomly rolling dice and hoping to stick cubes in there to do these pe- and there's there's not even that much different people that you can choose from. And yes, I know there's one of those people that you can you can make him do some some manipulation, but you got to get three different colored cubes even to get him in play. And it's really hard and I'm just I'm I'm going to be done with it. I don't even want to say anything more about it. <laughs> uh, my opinion is not one of Feld's best games. I think you need more manipulation in it to make it good. And that's, that's, I'm not saying anything more.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I played a, another Stefan Feld game after that, which was Ooh. a, which was a good auction game, kind of an interesting auction game called Strasburg. This is, I think, two to five players, but you definitely, cause it's an auction, you definitely want at least three because there's an area control element out there on the board too. And what you're doing is, what if I told you, you had an action deck of cards that you're going to use to bid every round and those action cards are finite and you can pick up as many of those action cards with numbers on them to put down as you want each round but you could very easily run out if you use them too early how does that sound
1: i'd say where's this game i want to play
2: it it sounds cool (laughs) it, it really is an interesting mechanism because you have to plan and you're you're drawing at random from this deck and the cards are one through six and their values and basically then you're making little face down piles of these cards once you've decided how many you're going to draw and those are those piles are what you're going to use to bid on the various tiles that are essentially guilds that you're going to go out on the board and and be part of that guild for different area majorities and different actions that help score you other points so you're you're you could get you know a bunch of ones so then you're stuck and going gosh do i draw more cards and run the risk that you know i i i have to not get anything this round or get very little of what i want or do i kind of save up and have a bigger turn later on and kind of plan my actions out it's it's really interesting and so there's a really great mix of some planning but the kind of the kind of randomness that that you like that you're just you know you get lemons and let's see what kind of lemonade you make out out of it kind of thing
1: hmm. so I, it sounds fascinating to me i'd really like to try it yeah
2: now this,
3: this game is easy to get a hold of right <laughs>
2: <laughs> no not so much it's uh it's one of those like macau that is out of print and harder to get a hold of hopefully i'm not sure if it's a z-man the, the z-man print of this one which is a little bit rare for fell yeah i think I it think might so. be. I believe so. So, and who knows with z man when they put stuff out unfortunately but but I, I i think it's it's worth searching out to see if you can at least get a play of it cuz it's really really kind of fun in the in the same in the same way that we like Rialto and you know in a 3 to 5 player game of that i highly recommend searching it out if you can that's well, i guess we'll Strasbourg. just have to
1: search out Bryce so that we can yeah. we can play this <laughs> there
2: you go right. <laughs> and speaking of games not currently in print Clef, why don't you tell us uh, what's going on for Kickstarter Corner this week?
1: Normally, I give you one game that I'm going to talk about. I've got a triple threat for you guys this this time, all right? Now, one of them I was really excited to talk about, and I'm going to briefly go over it. But the day that our episode will air, this game may even be done, or at least we'll only have a few hours left. So if you hear this episode right away, you still have a chance, and there's possibly could be uh, pre-orders that you can get afterwards. And that game is Listanza. Uh, Lestanza is going to be from Quinted Games. Uh, They did some – well, they did Agra, and then they did – here recently they did Firenze and – Carson City Big Box. Carson City Big Box, yeah. They did – yeah, so they've done some really – and they're really nice artwork and stuff that they've done in these games. All right, and the game is from Nuno and Paulo, which make three of my most favorite games out there. That's Madeira, it's uh, Nippon, and Panamax. So these guys – have a great track record for me so i'm very interested in this game so i'm not going to go too much in depth in it since i'm going to talk about some other stuff but if it's still out there catch it the only thing that i am going to say and this is i am now going to put my money where my where my mouth is all right in this game you can either pick up the basic edition for 52 us dollars or 45 whatever a c with two lines is it is that a euro okay so 45 euros (laughs) or you can get the deluxe version for $68 or 59 euros. I have backed this game at the basic edition. I said, I don't care that much about, because it was something like silk overlays or something, or the box being more fancier, or I don't know, something. And I said, "I, I just don't care. The gameplay looks amazing. That's all I care about. I'm not spending an extra 20 bucks for pretty components
2: look i am interested in playing this game i i mean i love nuno and paulo too but uh this theme is kind of wacky for one thing it's and i would not theme. pay for <laughs> I, I would not pay for silk overlays of uh, art of gary Busey. i would just yeah. not do it <laughs> no that, artwork of gary Busey.
3: i looked at some of that it
2: looks like gary Busey on there at some of them because the theme is
3: you're in a room hanging paintings right yeah yeah no no
1: you're in a a mansion and you're going to different rooms and you're getting these famous people their paintings and then you get to do actions with these i don't care (laughs) the game is going to be amazing it's like a huge rondelle like you're literally moving through these rooms a bit it's not like a just a quick zoom type of thing it's a There are multiple spots and you have to go around you. I think you get like one to four movement or something like that to go around. And then wherever you stop, you get an action in that room. But it has to be a person that you've uh, that room that you've had that you hired right away or you have to use special assistance. I mean, it looks like a really great Euro game where you're going to have lots of great decisions. Yes, the theme's probably terrible. Yes, the art's probably who cares. I don't care. I just want it because it's from two of my favorite designers. And yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm sure the game's going to be great. Boy, that theme. Right. <laughs> that the is gameplay bad. is going to be where it's at because I'm just, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park my butt on Gary Busey on the rondelle and just.
1: Okay. Moving on. The second thing. So, so, so for those of you who maybe didn't hear this episode right away, I do have another one that I'm pretty excited about. Okay. The same designer from Tokyo highway is uh Jordan Draper and he's has a Tokyo series that they're kind of working on. And so this is going to be three new games that they're going to be releasing Now, one of them is called Tokyo Coin Laundry, which kind of utilizes miniature hand-sewn fabric and actual operable washers and dryers. So, interesting. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So, I'm thinking probably more of a, maybe a little bit of a dexterity type of game. Yeah, so, type of thing. The next game that's on there is called Tokyo Game Show. And if you guys have any ever seen any game shows from Japan, you know, this could be interesting, <laughs> um, but it looks like it's just going to be kind of a little bit of a party game. So to- Tokyo game show. And then the one that I'm really interested in is called Tokyo to to market. That's T-S-U-K-I-J-I to Zitzku.
2: I I you've got yep. me on that. OK.
1: Oh, wow. I stumped chat. All right. Um, this is a heavy economic fishing game where players will take on the roles as Jap- Japanese fishermen and then they get to set their prices for the fish that they catch to other players and then you're just so it's an open player driven economy um, yeah so it just it just looks like it's kind of more of up up our alley with a lot more economic and stuff like that so so very interesting now there's also a few other like light games that you can also pick up through this through this project also called praise colorful or cactus which all look like just kind of like little fun games that they um, also put in here that you can do but you can pick up these games and uh, this is what i thought was really nice with some really decent prices you can pick up either the tokyo coin laundry or the game show at only 35 bucks or you can pick up the, the the tokyo market for 45 or you can pick up all three of them for $99, which is a heck of a, and it's still $10 shipping for it. So that's that's a pretty good deal. Oh, oh, wow. it's really good. That, yeah, exactly. So these are really interesting looking games. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that the uh, Dexterity game would be up my alley, but I think the game show, I, I like party games. I think that'd be entertaining. And certainly the economic one, definitely more up my alley. So definitely if these are games that seem interesting to you, or you like Tokyo Highly, Highway or any of the other games, certainly check these out. Okay? And then for my third thing, this is just kind of a little bit of a shout out. I know for myself, um, one of the big things that brought me into this hobby was the Dice Tower. And always, they were some of the the first videos that I ever watched to kind of get in this hobby. And they still put out some amazing content. So I'm just going to kind of throw them a bone. And if you're not aware, they are currently in doing their Kickstarter right now. And I went through and looked at their promos. They've got a lot of great promos and a lot of... Neat, you know, games that uh, would be cool to have some promos on. So if you're interested or you like to support other people, you know, the uh, Dice Tower Kickstarter is out there.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. I'm glad you brought it up. I think sometimes it becomes after you've been in the hobby for a while, it's almost like Settlers of Catan where it becomes it becomes okay to sort of hate on the dice tower. Like I'm, I'm above that. That's, you know, more gateway stuff and that sort of thing. And I think there's a lot to be said for getting new gamers into the hobby. They also do play heavier games as well. But the thing is, is that I think sometimes it becomes kind of a trend is to sort of poo poo that. And I, I think they do add a lot to the hobby and get a lot of new gamers in that, you know, that become heavy gamers and, you know, gamers of all kinds. So,
1: so I've got Lostanza. I have the Tokyo Series, and then we have the Dice Tower. So there is your triple hitter for today for Clef's Kickstarter Corner.
3: All right, fellas, so we got an email in. And this question is coming from Chad C., And he wants to know, what is the game you have the most money invested in? He gave a couple of examples. Uh, For him, he has $500 in both Terraforming Mars and (laughs) Scythe.
1: It's a a great game, Chad. Uh, (laughs) Okay, hold on. Before I answer this question, $500? Yeah,
2: I don't know how... Chad, you
1: got to tell us how, what is this you've invested in. Especially in, in Scythe.
3: I, I, think that, I,
2: I think I can figure out the Terraforming Mars one. but yeah. Right. But, yeah, Scythe, I
3: think I have everything, and I, I there's no way I've come close to $500. Wow. I don't know. So, yeah, the, let us know, Chad, how you've spent that much on Scythe because I'm, I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> as I am. Wow. As am I. Wow.
3: All right, Clef. So what's the most that you have spent on a game?
1: Well... You might be surprised at this, but this is from earlier in my gaming career. I think I would, yeah, I think it's probably still Firefly might be close because I've bought all the expansions, I bought the mat, I bought a lot of the stuff, but I I'm pretty sure what is actually I have spent the most on would be Twilight Imperium. And I would say more precisely Twilight Imperium 3. Because when we were really playing this, I mean, we were playing about once a month. You know, we built, well, I shouldn't say we, I should say Corey. My friend Corey built a, like an octagon type of board with a lazy Susan on the bo- the bottom of it. So that way we could, you know, rotate the board around. We bought, we built a, a battle board, like a big battle board that was like out a poster board. And then we like framed it and everything. So you could roll the dice and stuff on it. You probably don't even know what type of who who this is talking right now, <laughs> but this is true. Um, I bought all kind of different containers for it to help store the components. We, you know, obviously I bought sleeves and sleeved it all. Which I mean, you're talking there's probably 500 cards in that game alone between everything. So yeah, so I I couldn't tell you exactly how much money I spent on it, but I think that's probably the game that I spent the most money on in. And, and and now I don't anymore because now they now they're just good enough how they come.
0: <laughs> just keep that, telling that's back yourself to me. that. It's back to you.
1: <laughs> what about you, Chad? What what do you think you spent the most on?
2: Well, a couple of years ago, I would say Star Wars Destiny because I did put a lot of money into that game, and if it weren't for how much money could easily go into it, because it is a money suck uh I wouldn't have sold that off. I mean, I really liked the gameplay, but I could see what road I was going down with it and I had to just get rid of it. And I I mean, it financed a lot of other board games when I sold my collection. But, no,
1: and I'm I think cuz I got out of it about the same time you did too. And I think we did the right thing yeah. because I was at the game shop just the other day and they've just got boxes upon boxes of yeah. that stuff <laughs> sitting there now. I think it's gonna hit its, you know, downward I say, spiral.
3: I bought two starter sets like couple months ago for
2: twelve dollars yeah so yeah it's that rock bottom we we could kind of see when it was gonna i mean i really again the gameplay itself was really quite fun to me but i could kind of see what was going to happen with with uh how the how the scene was going and people to play with and how much money i was spending in it and so when i sold it off i i i got a lot of games for that which was nice but I would say now, I would have to say Psy. That is the one thing that I have. I mean, I've got the expanded board. I've got the resources. I've got most of the stuff for that game. I'm uh, I'm with Vince right now. I've started playing through the Fenris campaign finally. So, yeah, I, I mean, th- I don't have a ton, but that's that's what I'd say I have the most of.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I suppose each one of those expansions is probably a good 40 $50 expansion, right? They, I don't. I, a
3: little cheaper, I've, but I think yeah, it was really around the thirty
2: dollar mark. You know, the only other thing that would tie it for that is I spent a decent chunk of change to get Glory to Rome Black Box. So.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah, okay. Hi, I know, G?
3: I know. For me, um, just looking through my collection, Arcadia Quest has taken up a bulk of of change. So I've backed three Kickstarters, and when you get when you get going on uh, Cool Mini or not, they really they, they have the whole tricking you in, not tricking you, but <laughs> tempting you in to get those additional buys. Right. Uh, I know I have like over a hundred minis for Arcadia Quest and a bunch of other stuff. So I have a, a ton of Arcadia Quest stuff and I've probably spent an outrageous amount. We're not letting our wives listen to this episode, right? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Just to make that uh, agreement. Okay, mine doesn't
1: uh, listen, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't think the wife. I'll is. just hope my mom doesn't tell her then. Arc- Arcadia Quest, huh? Yeah. Wow. And it's
3: I mean. That's a game that I got into early. Um, I haven't bought anything for it for a while, but I, I was in there when they were doing the kickstarters. And I, mean, I backed them almost that? fully. Who do you play that with? Uh, Jessica and uh, uh, Kristen and Stefan also like it so we play with them
1: so you got some people i was gonna say i don't think chad and i are playing that one with i I did i have played it with him
2: it it wasn't my kind of thing but i can see how like if you get a group and it's beer and pretzels you know right you you you, you get to smack each other in the face and have fun with it it's sort of like it's sort of like the dungeon crawler equivalent of the estates where you just
1: go ah look what you got you know oh you get to hurt other people in the game oh no wonder richie likes it okay all right i'm on it now
3: (laughs) So, Chad, thanks for uh, sending in that question. And like we said, we want to know exactly how you spent that much money on Terraforming Mars inside. So maybe you could throw that in the Slack channel. And anyone else, uh, if you are interested in that and, or just want to chit chat with us, you can join our Slack channel by sending us an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. All right, Chad, how about we jump into our featured review of Thunderstone Quest? Gladly.
2: Thunderstone Quest is a dungeon crawl deck builder that plays two to four in supposedly 60 to 90 minutes. You have been chosen to rid the land of evil and upgrade your deck of adventurers to legendary heroes wielding epic weapons and scads of loot. Like most deck builders, you will draw a hand of six cards every round and use those cards to buy cards to add to your hand And then you're going to be fighting beasties and gaining other special abilities. But before playing your cards each turn, you're going to choose to go to either the village or the dungeon. And the village is going to allow several activities, some of which uh, can be more powerful actions if you choose to go to a specific spot in the village. But all are open, so it's not like worker placement rules where you're going to be prohibiting other players from going there. If you choose the dungeon, you will use your cards to travel deeper and fight monsters. Uh, There are lanterns with light on the cards that help you travel deeper to the stronger beasties in the dungeon and such. And these cards also, of course, have weapons and attack values on them. All the while, you're going to be leveling up your heroes to get experience points from fighting. And then the game end is triggered when fighting monsters reveals enough keys that are hidden in the monster decks to provoke the big bad boss. Then you will get to choose to either fight this boss with an extra hand of cards or take one normal last round to get some other experience points, which, of course, in the end, equal victory points. Or Thunderstone shards. Those those are also the same thing as experience points and victory points. But the player with the most of these points, in the end, wins the game. So there you have it. That's the rules overview for
1: Thunderstone Quests. How come you couldn't read the whole thing in that cool voice? I was really digging that. <laughs> I, don't I was kind of going for
2: a for a dilly dilly Bud Light vibe, but <laughs> dilly dilly. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I wanted people to understand some of it. <laughs> All oh, right, that was, that was great, Chad. I loved that. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, let's let's talk about art and components for this game of Thunderstorm Quest. Oh, before I do that, let's let's say uh, this was also designed by Mike Elliot and it was published by AEG so i'll put that out there but let's talk about art and components for this game clef what do you think about the art and components of this
1: game uh there was some art um and there were some components <laughs> no i the art was pretty i mean the cards are very they're they're nice um there were some lantern tokens yes okay <laughs> those were nice and there were some thunder shard quest tokens those were those were nice <laughs> richie what do you think of the components in art uh
3: they're solid it's a it's a good production i was a little worried with the art on the box looks a little i don't know a little funky but it's way cleaner like on the cards look the cards look great
2: yeah some of the dwarfs kind of look like if you dressed up elmer fudd in a a helmet or something like that but they're they're a little bit more edgy in the in in the other version now I, i will say one of the reasons i picked this up too was because my family plays deck builders and that that's kind of a mechanism that they know what to do with. And so it, it gets it, it makes it easy to get to the table. My son saw the woman with the wings on the front and stuff like that. And he goes, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you be her in this game? Yeah. I want to do that. You know? So there's definitely some really nice evocative art in this game. You've got minis, not that you need them, but you have minis in this game that are pretty nice sculpts.
1: Yeah. What I remember, it is very nice. I mean, Let's remember the voters out there wanted us to do this review, mainly just to torture me, which we'll talk about momentarily. but for a deck builder, I thought it was it had nice art i mean it looked good, it certainly wasn't like some sort of you know like a dominion that's you know kind of bad art or looks kind of ugly or whatever. Sorry for anybody who likes Dominion, sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> We, and and I thought there were some nice wooden pieces, just like you talked about the lantern. You got you've got rations, you've got these tokens that you get, and those were nice, even in the retail version we're talking about. Uh, and and this is what I had. I had the retail version. We did not have the Kickstarter with the extra adventures built in. As far as gameplay, Richie, what do you think of the gameplay of this game?
3: It's it's a deck builder for sure. I mean, it has all the trappings of the you know the normal deck builder genre and. I guess I was expecting maybe a little more on the dungeon side, like kind of that, you know, a, a bigger mix or a, a bigger feel of like a dungeon crawl. But it, it definitely feels more like a straight deck builder. And I don't know. what do you, It feels very solitaire to me. It feels like I'm doing my own thing. I don't really care what you're doing. And I guess that was my big hang up with this game. I like the different cards in there. I like the different combos that you can create. I like the you know being able to go between the village and the dungeon and I I've, I've played the old Thunderstone way back in the day and I like that they actually fleshed out the dungeon in this so that you the, you actually have that physical dungeon there that you can go down and that you can actually stay in the dungeon whereas like in the old one you had to basically start back over at the top. So overall the I think the gameplay is good. It maybe is a little slow to start cuz for the most part at the beginning you're you're going to the dungeon and just hitting that giant rat over and over to you know level up your characters so it can get going a little slow before you really you know take off which i mean in a in a deck builder i think i like that quicker play
2: there can be some grinding in this like a normal like a normal dungeon crawler either like a video game or, or something else so i i totally understand what you're talking about now did you play because the first time we played which i think was a mistake uh we played the epic variant and just threw all the cards in and. The mistake being, yes, you can do that, and we'll get to more about that with the variability and replayability, but the mistake being that you don't see synergies naturally there, and you might be matched up with some monsters that don't work with what you've got as heroes out on the board and and that sort of thing. So did you get to play through the campaign when you played it? uh the another time yeah so
3: we we uh did a couple of the campaign games i don't know whose idea was it to play the epic variant to start the real idiot (laughs) i'm looking right at you you know know, that was my idea it's a terrible idea for your first game for sure you want those uh i mean this i don't i'm I'm not terribly impressed with the story of the campaign but it gives you good sets of cards to play with that work well with the monsters that are there Uh, so definitely when you're learning i would say do that don't don't mess around with the epic and i don't really think for the retail version that you get enough car- like we don't have enough cards really to to have like an epic game we ran out of cards because we played uh that was the game that you played clef where we, I mean, we ran out of cards pretty quick that we were buying because you only take one of each weapon spell and all that and you really don't get that much in the base box so maybe it's a little different if you have the kickstarter version of this but that could be
2: uh do you think we have to talk to clef about the gameplay
1: uh no (laughs) is it oh i can just get off the hook (laughs) uh okay i'll give just and i'm just going to be objective here and Mm -hmm. say as far i mean it's a deck builder that has like a little bit of a dungeon crawl aspect to it and for what the game was trying to do i think it was doing an okay job of i mean it's you're, you're building a deck i will kind of Uh, say a couple of same things that Richie just said. One, it was a little weird that we like ran out of things to buy. I thought that was a little strange for a deck builder, you know, and then, um, and the other thing that I will say, and okay, it could be partly because it was the Epic version. I don't know, but the time was way too long. I mean, if there's one thing at least I'll say about like, say like Dominion or, uh, even uh, Clank or one of those—I mean, it's a pretty quick game, you know. I mean, you're not spending a ton of time building your deck, and then the, before the end of the game comes. I mean, this was like. I just kept drawing, and then it was just like, oh, okay, I can't defy a monster. I guess I'm not doing anything, but going and grabbing a, what was it, bread or something. You know, it was like bread that you could go to boost. and then it was just like, I just kept doing that over and over, and then one more thing I'll say about it, and I'll throw it back to you guys, because you can speak a little bit better than me. Like Richie said, I didn't know nor care what you two were doing. Yeah, maybe you would get to a monster before me, but it wasn't like, Oh, my God, what am I going to do now? You know, I was just like, okay, well, I guess I can either go to feed a monster or I can't. I mean, there was not even, like, trying to buy the weapons and stuff to start with. I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I got to get there. So very solitary-ish, which, you know, maybe that's what, you know, one thing that I stopped wanting to play Dominion was because I would be sitting there and somebody would be taking like a 20 minute turn while they were playing Dominion going through their entire deck and blah, blah, blah. And, and I didn't like that aspect of it. And so that still came out in this game for me.
2: Well, and I want to say with good reason, when when you played with us, you played again, the Epic variant. And I think some of that, some of the reason now I still agree with, with both of you that it takes longer than we would want it to take. But I do think that some of the reason that play particularly was so so torturous was because of the way that we had uh, beasties in the dungeon and the way they messed up matched up with some of those random rooms that it was so hard to get down there given the cards that we had and the stuff that we could buy that we kept having to try to just get more and more stuff to make big turns to go down there because the the combination of stuff that we had just was kind of crazy and I think that's what happens if you have the epic variant you could just get a combination that really is tough to build up a good hand to synergize to get down there and in that in that instance i think that's kind of what was happening
1: so was it a lot quicker when you did the uh, uh, two players of it
2: well i mean it's quicker but
3: it's still long for what it is for me and i think because you're really trying because it is it's the tavern where you can go and put cards back on the top of your deck right Mm -hmm. so i mean that's what you're doing in this game you're trying to get your deck to a point where you can face some of those tougher monsters and then you're trying to get your hand set up properly to actually go do it. And that takes time. And you have to get those keys out of there, which also just takes time. And it depends on where the key is. If the key's at the bottom of the deck, you're going to be there for a
1: while. Yeah. Which the one thing I did like about it now that I remember is I like the fact when you do go face the monsters, sometimes you get those wound cards that go into your hand, which obviously clog up your deck, but then you can also get those wounds on the board that can make you draw less cards. And I thought that was an interesting kind of, you know, I mean, if you're going to play a game like that, I thought that was done well.
2: Right. So you have these, you have these own player boards that are, again, a nice part of the production where you have a draw pile and your discard pile and on it you have your tokens and stuff. And so what Clef's talking about is on the player board, you have your hand size and you can take up these little nice wooden splatter, blood splatter tokens and cover up certain wounds on your player board. So now I've taken, what, four wounds and now I can only have a... Four card hand instead of a six card hand, which is kind of interesting. And yeah, I did I did like that sort of a thing. But I, I I agree with you. I don't think that there was much interaction. I don't. We certainly probably haven't seen all the cards, but I don't I don't know that there were any that I can remember that affected other players. You're just kind of trying to race to stuff before other players is is really what you're trying to do. I will say one other mechanism I did like in the game was was this the feeling of, of powering up your, your hero. So you're kind of getting level one or level two heroes and stuff like that. And you're kind of managing a party and kind of the, the story that that tells. And I think that's what, you know, playing it with my nine-year-old son, I think that's what he enjoyed too. We would, we would talk about that. So that, that was one thing I did enjoy. Well, I think we've spoken enough about gameplay. Let's, let's move on to variability and replayability. Richie, you were kind of talking about how many, how many cards are in this retail version and, and that sort of thing. What do you think about the variability and replayability in this, the retail version of the game?
3: I think variability, even in the retail version, is good because, especially with that, uh, the quest book where you have the different sets of cards and monsters. Uh, overall, I, I would say it's solid variability. A uh, replayability for me, like I said, it it just when I play a deck builder, I think I want I want that to be like a snack. So like Star Realms, Hero Realms, uh, what's that? What's the Egyptian one?
0: Valley Fair. of the Kings? Yeah. Um, gods or something?
3: Right. So if it's going to be like a pure deck builder, I want it to, to go. I want it to go quick. And so that drags down the, the replayability for me just because it goes a little too slow for me.
2: I think that the, like you said, the variability is there. There's there's enough to do with the, with the different things. And since you brought up the campaign, I, I want to reiterate what you said really quick just so that people know. There's a story... But you don't do much. Like, it it wasn't what I hoped the campaign would be. The story's like a a, a page, and then you move on to the next chapter, and there's about three in each chapter. And I think there's basically three of those overarching stories in the box. And the winner gets to keep one card from their deck Mm -hmm. from the last chapter of it and then move on to the next chapter but other than that there's not a huge sense of like oh i powered up to to this you know so there's not right. a like there's not a big campaign aspect that i would hope for so that that was disappointing now like i said i think there are a, a plenty of cards you know to to increase the variability replayability at this point like i said it remains to be seen but i have to i have to echo what we've all been saying which is to say If I'm going to play just a pure deck builder, I want it to move a little bit faster than it does.
1: Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, should we move on and give our final thoughts and give our rating? Richie, tell everybody what our Punchboard Paradise rating is.
3: Sure. So we rate on a six-point scale, a one being the game makes you miserable, you don't want to play it again, and a six being a game that is a top ten of all time possibly for you. Uh. I think I know what Clef's going to be. I'm not going to start there. Let's start with Chad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to preface this by saying I picked this up because I had wanted. We do like deck builders in our house. Clank is a a big one that we like to play, and, and everybody likes to get in on it. But we had Legendary Marvel for a long time. And I just couldn't get Finn to play it, which really surprised me because he he loves Marvel. So I finally just sold it. I had so much stuff for it, and I finally just sold it because it was never going to get played otherwise. So I, I sold it, and I, I I was looking at this. And he loves Lord of the Rings. He loves Legolas, you know, goes nuts for that kind of stuff, uh, dragons, all those kinds of things he really loves and it's more competitive. So I thought this might be the way to do it, you know, and it has a has a story with it. So we got it and he's played it. He agrees with all of us in that it's longer than he wants it to be. He's still been asking me to play the next couple chapters. So he's into it. But but again, we we all agree that it just takes a little bit longer than we want. So we'll probably play those. I'm on the edge here between a three and a four, because to me, a three means I keep I, a three means I probably won't keep the game. A four means I do keep the game. It's, you know, just not high up on my list. So I think I'm probably going to give this game a four right now. Cause it's going to stay in my collection for now. All right. But it, it, if when we, when we review these games next year, you know, and uh, see where we're at with them. I could easily see it slip into a three. We'll we'll just have to see. There are some things I really like about it, but there are some obvious problems for me too. So a three, uh, or excuse me, a four is where it sits. Richie, where would you put this game?
3: Well, like I've been saying, it is definitely, and like we've all been saying, it it definitely takes a lot longer than you want it to. And it's a game that I don't think I would ever play at four. Uh, Three is really pushing it. Uh, So it's a two-player game. And then when you get into a two-player pure deck builder, I mean, after me and Jessica played this a few times, she was like, why don't we just play Hero Realms? I think it, you got a point. A Hero Realms with the character packs, you're looking at, a, you know, like a $30 investment in that game. And each game's going to take you 15, 20 minutes tops. And you are building up that deck. You're getting powerful cards quick and you're and you're interacting. Uh, and in, the, in this game, it's very you're just doing your own thing you know, someone may get to a card before you, someone may get to a monster before you, but honestly, I, especially with the monsters, I didn't even care. I did, I really, if, oh, I I would just look up and see what you can defeat, and you're, that's where you're going for this turn. Um. So I'm in between a a two and a three. The, I think the latest Kickstarter added a co-op mode, and I think that I may actually want to try that in this game, where we're all working together to try to take down these monsters in the in the dungeon. So I'm gonna give it a three for now, and I want to see what that co-op mode does. If it if it does not you know improve anything, then it, it would probably leave my collection for sure.
1: Okay, so now I... <laughs> wait, so I, once... I was just gonna skip you. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not a big deck builder fan. Okay, I
3: you know what I... your favorite game of all time is, right?
1: uh yeah
2: it's a deck builder it's a deck builder
1: y- that's different though <laughs> <laughs> i had to think for a second <laughs> yes, okay but i mean in the sense of all you're doing is buying cards and and that's that's right. the game okay there's
2: much more going on i get it
1: yes yeah. okay uh, but and i enjoy clank i mean i honestly do i think clank's a pretty fun game now clank left my collection i did sell it because it wasn't enough for me to say i want to play clank over the other hundred games that i would rather play or whatever so i did let it go but i enjoyed it but for the most part i'm not a big deck builder fan okay and i do not like dungeon crawls at all i i wish i did i love lord of the rings i i always feel like i'm so excited about the theme and and you know i tried uh Oh, what's the game, Chad? We were playing um, the solo that I tried solo, Legacy of Dragon Holt. You know, I was so excited about that because I like that theme and I want to like some things like that but it just just doesn't do it for me. I just I like I've tried playing Dungeons and Dragons and I just cannot get my mind there. I, I just it doesn't work for me. So now of course everybody's like that's great. Let's stop with the story and just give us your rating. I mean, this game is a one for me. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody in this room and I don't think it's a surprise probably to most of our listeners. And I'm not saying that because it's not a good game. It's just it's a miserable game for me to play. I mean, and, and I'll be honest with the with the listeners, I had to stop this game before it was over. I couldn't take it anymore just simply because of how long. Now, part of that, as we've discussed, we maybe did the wrong thing and we did an epic version. But I looked, I mean, the keys were like all the way at the bottom of that deck on that third one. And it was going to take us another I don't know how long. So I was like, guys, you know, I got to bow out of this. This is too long for me. So don't take this one as if this is a bad game. If you like deck builders and you like dungeon crawls, it may be something that you find to be great. And so I want you everybody to know that. But if you're like me and you're not a dungeon crawl fan and you're not a deck builder fan, stay clear. This one is not going to be enjoyable. There's nothing here that, yeah. So listen more to Chad and Richie if this is something you're interested in think about what they're saying don't really listen to me but you know i'm gonna give it a one
2: all right so those are our thoughts for thunderstone quest by aeg and mike elliott richie gives it a three i give it a four and clef comes in with a one let's move on to something more positive we're gonna go to our board gaming resolutions for 2019
0: All
3: right, so resolution time. And, I mean, this this may be positive. depends if we actually get these done. Um, <laughs> I'm, true, true. I'm not terribly confident about mine, so I'm going to save mine Ooh. for last. So let's go with uh, Clef. Well, What's going to be your resolution sure. this
1: year? I did something a little a little simpler this year. Um, not, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I did the 750 plays for last year, which I hit. But I noticed that I uh, last year I also did the – I picked – 20 games that I wanted. To, I said I wanted to play three times each, and I picked 20 games that weren't necessarily going to be games that I knew I was going to like or had a great opportunity to get to the table. And so then, and I failed miserably at it. So this time, I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose my top 50, basically my top 50 favorite board games that I own right now, or I shouldn't even say own, just my top 50 board games that I have want to play in 2019, and I'm going to try to play each one of them two times. I figure if they are in what I really truly consider to be in my top 50 games, I should at least play them twice in a year's time. And some of them are going to be super easy. I mean, some of them I've even already accomplished, but some of them are going to be like a, I'm going to have to specially say, okay, tonight I'm going to play this type of game because maybe it doesn't hit the table quite as often. And some of them are great games, but like even say like a game like Castles of Burgundy, definitely in my top 50 of all time, no question, but not a game that necessarily comes out all that often, especially with as much new stuff as we play all the time. So this is just for me, I'm going to kind of force myself in, in a good way to play some of my favorite games and make sure that they hit the table in 2019 or at least hope we'll see if it actually happens. But so that nice and simple, that's the only resolution that I made. That's so it.
3: what do you think the toughest game on the list will be to, to accomplish?
1: Well, I'll tell you what was going to be the toughest game. The the toughest game I was going to have was a because this is a game that I've only gotten to play a, um, A couple of times in my lifetime and that's because a friend of mine uh that we meet in gen con every year from new york has this game and i I like it and i love it it's simone luciani but it's out of print and impossible to find and i was like well i'm putting on the list if that means i got to play it two times at gen con i'm playing it two times at gen con but the other day on my birthday um a good friend of mine ryan freshman who's the uh co-host of across the board uh, texted me and said here's a game I got for you for your birthday and he sent me a picture and he got me an out a- he got me a copy from I'm guessing overseas because I couldn't even find one here in the US I have no idea where he got it from but he texted me a picture and said I got you a copy of egzia and I was like, wow. I mean, that is just amazing. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. He said the only stipulation was I had to play it with him first. I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that's going to be a little bit easier. And after that, like of ones that I actually own, oh, like, uh, well, Kanban, that's kind of a you know tough one to get to the table and get people to play. But um, what else? Like uh, Ground Floor. That's not one that's easy to get out because a lot of people don't necessarily know about it, so they're not right. always, you know, it's not like a game that they're willing to pop in. Oh, Panamax, that'll be a tough one because that's a tough one to get yeah to the table. So, <laughs> so there are some tough ones on here, um, and then I got some easy ones like Skull King. That one's already done. You know, <laughs> that was probably done like two days in the <laughs> year. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that's that's what I got. Uh, Chad, what what did you decide to do? This year I tried to do a 45 or so
2: by two because I knew that would be more manageable. It's just so hard for me because the games that I want to play 10 times are heavier games, and it's just so hard to get those. So So about 45 by two, with the exception of one of those being actually a 10 by 10, I am darn it, gosh darn it, she doesn't know it yet, but I am playing Agricola 10 times with my
1: wife so (laughs) good luck with that yeah Yeah. it's like that it's like that's like you mean in your
3: in your lifetime or (laughs) it's like
1: that episode of the
2: simpsons when he's like well gosh darn it i'm gonna go out to the car with my wife and i won't be back for 10 minutes (laughs) no i i I don't know it we'll see we'll see i hope that that's how it works out i think i think she just doesn't like to learn new games so i think it's easier to accomplish something like this rather than a bunch of other ones. Sure.
1: Right. Can can Richie and I set an over under and then uh bet against it Ooh, sure. I, like I think that's so, fine. Ooh, okay. Well, well I don't know. What do you think? I would say I set the over under at four. Would you take I, the over? I think
3: you could I would take the over if it said at overs. four, I would take the over.
1: If I said if I said it at four, you take the overs. And Chad. Uh I'm just going I have faith in Chad. I don't have faith in Stephanie. I'm yeah, just gonna true. tell <laughs> I'm just gonna tell Stephanie and we'll see which one of you she likes more. <laughs> tell her my way makes her not have to play board games all
2: right and then it's like some of the other ones again are, are ones that are on my shelf of shame kind of i don't want to get played like hyperborea uh 1846 i want to play that at least two times obviously um I, I even have Forenze on here. I want to play that again because I, I that's that one's been I've been warming up to the but, game that was too mean. For yeah, fans. the game that was too <laughs> mean. That's
1: right. So hold on, <laughs> what else is on the ten for ten? Was that just? It was just that one. That's just the that only one. one. Yeah. All yeah. the rest of them are just two times. Yep. And you've and why did you pick the number forty five as opposed to like fifty? I
2: I don't know cause I, that's because I because that's the game that I picked. just went through and, and kind of said I want okay. to play this and, and it this came and up forty five. Yeah, and so I mean I've got Legend of Five Rings on here. I've got stuff that I just got expansions for, like Adrenaline and, and Whistle Stop, so that's why Whistle Stop, I knocked one off, you know? That's right, we <laughs> did get a play of Whistle Stop with the expansion today, yeah, that's right. That was nice. Um. So anyway, it'll it'll be interesting. There'll be someone's, like like Trickerion, that's on here, Ooh, so that's going to be hard to gonna do. It's going to be it. tough. Yeah, I, I don't know who's going to do that with me. But, I, you know, other ones that we've talked about, Shogun and those sort
1: of things. So hopefully they get played. We should, we should check each other's list because we might be able to knock some stuff off together that's, so, what, that's I just, what i said i just saw a little rococo there yep you oh, did oh and, yeah and look what's above that well that one's not on mine. railroad revolutions on mine oh okay okay yeah Ooh, but, uh, i've been wanting to play that lately yeah there you yep, go that's definitely on mine Ooh. okay so anyway hopefully we, we can
2: make that happen Don't round it out richie tell us what you've got on your list
3: all right fellas so as of today i just ordered a few more games which is making my challenge a little bit harder but as of today <laughs> I have 486 games in my collection. Wow. And of those, 86 are unplayed, which is a size of some people's collections, right? Right. right. So my goal is to get that number down to 10. All right. So So 10
1: games out of your entire 486. that are un the they're unplayed. Right.
3: Yeah, so 10 is my I can have 10 unplayed by the end of the year. The real issue is that I keep buying games. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm already
2: thinking like if we have a contest on who finishes their resolution, I'm going to Right, right. I'm gonna give you a New Year's gift of a new game. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, like,
1: did you see Brewster's Millions? Did you yeah, ever see? No, you yes, know yes. how they like hold that twenty thousand off to the side or whatever, then give it to them, right right, right. right. Well, all of a sudden, just hand Richie a game right at the like yeah. December 31st. Yeah. Hey, Richie, here's Happy a new day. game for you. You just slap him out of your hand. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, I've already, I've gotten in seven, seven of them already. So I'm not doing great, but. I mean, that's that, it. That's pretty good. Uh, not go. bad. Yeah, but it's
1: almost the month of January. I mean, once again, bad. I. So keep... how many do you have left? Uh, did I did I miss that part? How many?
3: Uh, so 86, 86 is yeah, the so 79 to go. So 79 plays left.
1: But obviously, but obviously all I, new I games buy, that you buy go, on that, go right. on that <laughs> <laughs> list. Right. Does it matter if you've played your copy or just a copy? Like if you get a copy of Wingspan, do you have to play it to count? Oh, right. Or that's a good have you question. been like, well, I've already played somebody else's copy?
3: I'm going to say that I just have to play it. Okay. okay doesn't okay. have to be your copy doesn't okay. have to necessarily right. be my copy i'm just gonna say i have to play it okay that's All what right. i'm gonna go for and yeah it's gonna be tough otherwise yeah. <laughs> he will be
0: fighting
2: us when we bring over copies to review He's like, now no. i know
3: <laughs> one day you may wake up and there may be you know 80 games on your doorstep that i've donated to you because <laughs> if they're not in my
1: collection they,
0: they're out <laughs> so
1: okay so well i think this is a great poll to put up We'll put up each one of our resolutions, okay, and then people can vote in who they think maybe you know for just for fun you know who they think will complete it. Sure. And then I would love to hear what everybody else kind of came up with a resolution. If you're doing anything special of of trying to do something, starting with your board games, or maybe you're maybe you're trying to do something I don't know. Maybe you're trying to solve world peace for your resolutions or something. Or some people are just
2: trying to buy less too, and that's okay. Yeah. They're doing the Marie Kondo method of of cleaning up their sparsing their life. I don't know how you you know <laughs> that feng shui thing. You don't know yep. about this. You, you're not <laughs> you're not with the hipness. It's a new Netflix special about Marie Kondo and like uncluttering your your life. Oh, and uh, people are un getting rid of all their stuff, their worldly possessions and stuff. and yeah. so. For
3: just, real, we can't let the wives listen to this episode. She, if Jessica <laughs> finds out that that's on Netflix, she will watch that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is this so. the
1: new Netflix special where you had to wear a blindfold to play Wingspan? Is that that No, one? that was Bird Box <laughs> Wingspan version. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so yeah, so we'll throw that poll up. And yeah, I'm interested in hearing what other people have to say.
2: And that's going to be on our Punchboard Paradise Guild, Guild 3227 on Board Game Geek. If you have a trouble... Uh, navigating the bgg website just google punchboard paradise guild and you'll find it so yeah love to see you there so do we want to kind of go into maybe some of the games
1: we're looking forward to
2: let's do that let's talk about some fun games coming up in 2019 I'm gonna go with a uh, little mini triumvirate here it's uh it's eno tool games I'm looking forward to
1: oh boy this 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 may
2: take a while <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is he is doing a uh, a reprint of Age of Steam. So there's that, which is really exciting. Looks like it'll be nice uh, with Eagle and Griffin Games. And then he is doing Escape Plan with Vital Lacerda, which should be hitting in April, actually. They say it's going to come early. I cannot wait to get my copy. And then as soon as that gets there, supposedly the Kickstarter for On Mars goes up April 18th, which is the new Vital Lacerda game. And it, it is a heavy game. The... Heavy Mars game we want to play for colonizing and terraforming Mars and and uh, you're basically taking actions to do so and resource management all that kind of stuff that we really like with uh, with Vital Lacerda. so that's a group I just I can't wait he's been teasing out the nice wooden silk screen miniatures and of the board art and I can't wait. I can't wait.
1: So that was the ENO Tool segment of what we're looking forward to. Richie, what are you looking forward to?
2: Well, uh Black Angel,
3: I think is at the top of my list. That's ENO Tool as well. <laughs> that is true. That is ENO Tool. <laughs> we'll keep this segment going. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. More ENO Tool more of the time. Uh, so that's from the designer of twa yep. right? And uh, which is in my top ten now, I believe. Yeah, um, of all time, and so yeah, I want to see uh, what that's all about.
2: The designers, uh, Sebastian Dujardin and uh, Xavier Georges, I think. uh, They they've kind of pushed Black Angel back, but. It looks like it's gonna come out. I've been kind of chatting with him a little bit online and it looks like hopefully they're gonna get it out through Pearl Games this year. But that's really exciting. Some worker placement dice sting, dice things that have a lot to do with the way Twa played and the again, I know where I'm talking about Ian O'Toole, Tool, but the art is really interesting and different even from his from what he's done before. It's just it's it's interesting. So I, I'm excited, like you are.
3: Yeah, it looks great. And Atlantis Rising is coming out this year, and that has Vincent Dutre art, which is my favorite. And that's a co op. It's a, a reprint from an older Z Man game, uh, which the, I had played the old one, which was interesting, super hard, just but ugly, though. Um, so I'm excited about the new art and the and what that's going to bring. And I think they made some, they streamlined it a little bit as well, as far as the gameplay goes. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's really what I'm excited about. The Clef. What you got?
1: Well, I've got a few that I'm kind of anticipating. Uh, Barrage is definitely one. Uh, Looking forward to that, I think, coming out in April. And obviously that's from Simone Luciani, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Then there is... We, you know obviously we talked earlier about Lestanza I'll definitely be looking forward to there's also another game from Nuno and Apollo artificial intelligence that is supposed to be super you know nice and heavy strong euroe type of game that I'm really looking forward to
3: I like the theme on that one looked really cool
1: yeah so interesting and then um, a couple of others this company I don't care what the game is that they put out I am buying it sight unseen and that's what's your game and they are supposedly supposed to have out imperial century that comes out later this year. And then there's a possibility that some game named Brazil possibly could be out or that could be 2000. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not holding my breath on that one. Um, I saw that there's supposed to be a reprint of Glenmore that's supposed to change some things up. So yeah. Glenmore
2: two Glenmore essentially. Two. I think it's yeah, called. Yeah. yeah.
1: So interesting. Definitely one to check out. And then lastly, I have uh, Humboldt's Great Voyage, which is by Nestori Mangone, who uh, was one of the co-contributors to Newton. So uh, once again, certain things I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Yeah, the the uh, Glenmore
2: 2 is interesting because I guess it's called Chronicles. So I don't know exactly what it's going to add. But again, it's that uh, mechanism from a lot of games like Heaven and Ale where you move forward, but then you lose out on some of the actions that are behind that your opponents get to take from you. So I always love that system. And again, that's M- Matthias Kramer who is, you know, Rococo and some of those other great ones.
1: Um, and I forgot, obviously I think this goes without saying pipeline, uh, coming out from Capstone. It's, I'm going to really look forward to seeing the finished product of that, uh, game. And then, uh, Capstone also has a couple of other games coming out, uh, chinese zodiac i'm terrible like it's race for the race zodiac. for the yeah which is kind of their simply complex uh a line you know that's in the lines of climbers and the estate so they've got a couple of games i i wanted to mention too that i'm looking forward to coming out and that
2: uh, again another one that the kickstarter that's coming out is that city of the big shoulders which is kind of that combination of arkwright and a And a train game with some with some worker placement in there, and that should be that. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully this year.
1: Yeah, that
2: definitely looks cool. Just two two or three other small ones that I I was looking at on the list. Paladins of the West Kingdom. Now we had talked about architects, and uh, this is just a, a lot heavier game from what he's talking about, and that was really honestly i think our main our main complaint we liked some of the mechanisms but just thought it was a little bit light to keep around in our collections right and of course the art's great and all that and that's the same kind of thing so i'm really looking forward to seeing what that's going to be what that adds that paladins of the west King- kingdom which shem phillips so.
1: yeah i definitely would agree with that
2: um alubari a nice cup of tea which yeah. is this again a an an expansion on the Snowdonia game from Tony Boydell okay. is another one that that seems like it's good that now Snowdonia was about building your rail line and blo- pushing off the snow and all that kind of stuff in a worker placement vibe to that and uh, so I think that could be a really good one as well
1: yeah I had that one written down also one other one that we that well, actually two other ones
2: one other one that we w- that i hadn't heard anything of until today is a game called sierra west which the designer there is jonathan pack caitlin and it's programming and worker placement but the really interesting thing is you've got these cards and you're sliding them into a board that looks like the La Granja board and you're building up these programs of the symbols and so and getting to take that with your worker placement I didn't see all of it, but it really looked like an interesting mechanism. You're kind of trying to program these actions and stacking them almost in the way that you did in Newton, but you've got that player board where the cards are multi-use and you're uncovering certain symbols. So that one was intriguing. And then lastly, Clef, you'll find this interesting. There's an Agizia reprint coming out this year, and it is called Shifting Sands, which is really interesting, and it adds... I guess the mechanism to it is building across... You're going to build these coliseums across to make your journey down the river more profitable, essentially. So it kind of stacks actions and makes it
1: a little bit more... Hmm. I don't know, a little bit more interesting or or thinky i guess so a little bit more on top of it huh yeah well i'll be interested i mean i'm really glad i'm going to get a copy of the original game but uh, that'll be interesting to check out whatever uh comes with the the new mechanisms or whatever that it does for that yeah yeah excellent that's kind of some of the stuff we're looking forward
2: to yeah so hopefully that strikes somebody's fancy yeah. if you're listening
1: uh, yeah for sure well richie are you ready for torture
2: yeah here we get a game right Yeah, some more Linky. (laughs) Everybody wants some Linky in their life. Here we go, guys. All right. We won't talk about it yet, but I think uh, in my mind, since I wrote all the questions, I get to choose what this is going to be about. And I think basically like, I think the winner gets to choose a game that the loser would normally not play. Not like a torturous one, but maybe a game that... Like, Richie maybe plays uh, Arcadia Quest with Clef if, if, if
0: he wins. I don't know. <laughs> what am I I'm going to, <laughs> to say I'm in a good spot here. I Clef's <laughs> well,
3: just going to pick a Euro. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
2: This is a no-lose situation well, for I don't Richie. Know. I I kind of like that idea, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. All right. Well, here we go. If you if, if you haven't listened to one of our episodes before, we're basically playing board game Linky. Linky is a game where there are traditionally three to four questions asked. Uh, the players of the of the game are trying to guess the answers to those questions without saying them out loud, of course. And then as soon as you can guess what the linking factor to those three or four questions are, you can shout out the answer. And that is the link and that is the way to get a point. So I think we've got about four questions here. Gentlemen, you ready to go? Ready. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. First question. This is a party game where players po- point foam implements at each other in order to intimidate. This is a party game where players point foam implements at each other in order to intimidate. You, you look confident. You know this one? I, I, I think I know this one. I, I wish I did. It cause I like intimidating people. But.
0: <laughs> all right
2: next question restoration games reprinted this title that includes an app with sound effects restoration games reprinted this title just recently of course that includes an app with sound effects
1: okay i got that one oh, okay well i don't all, all right. Or even, We're though. On okay. even
2: even footing here i like i'm kind of choosing the order based on you guys <laughs> okay upcoming lacerda game about making a getaway this is an upcoming Lacerda game about making a getaway. Okay. Linky. All right. Games about crime, crime, robbery. Games about heists.
3: Heist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, my my last question was going to be a trick taking game where each player has their own cardboard vault. Oh, diamonds? Yeah. Diamonds. Okay. So,
1: yep. The first one was Cash and Guns. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yes, yeah. It was. I own that game. I forgot. What about.
1: was the second one? What was the answer to the. Uh, the second one was Stop Thief. Oh, yeah, I had no idea about that. Ah, All right. right, Richie's Richie's, Richie's got one on the board. board. He's on, on the board.
2: Okay, here's your next group. This cooperative deck builder uses a famous IP, which plays through seven years, just like the books it's based on. I'll say that again. This cooperative deck builder uses a famous IP, which plays through seven years, just like the books it's based on.
1: I like how I asked for it to be repeated, even since he starts <laughs> off with a cooperative debt I know. I was like, every time. I, <laughs> I'm like, I just imagine your brain shuts off every time yeah. you, that, you hear that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Moving on.
0: Do you have an idea? Wait, wait. You?
1: Is this. I kind of do, maybe. Okay. Okay. Can I ask possibly? for one hint? Okay. No, no. Okay. Well, just no, no hint. You. No, okay. I just want to know was this a game recently that I would have looked at? No. <laughs> Not at my birthday party, because I would have saw a certain game there. that.
2: I don't think so. Okay. I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Okay, here we go. I don't like all this table talk. All right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't help him any. <laughs> all right. This Trey Chambers level 99 game has aggressive worker placement and secret scoring goals. Linky. What is it? Games about wizard
0: or yes.
3: mages?
2: Yep. Okay. You got it. How are you
3: doing over there, clap?
0: I feel like this is rigged <laughs> against me.
1: Okay. I knew that that was uh, Argent. Yes.
2: The first one was, do you know it? It's the Harry Potter game. Yeah, I Harry don't know Potter what it's called. Yeah, Harry Potter deck building but, game. No, yeah, no. So no, here are no. The, just just in case people are interested, here are the other clues. You guys can shout them out when you hear them. Engine building card game with big chunky dice that can gain you elements to place the card. Seasons. Yeah and then a famous 90s collectible card game by the designer of King of Tokyo. Magic? Yeah. The Gathering.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a half point for you, sir. (laughs) All right. All right. I got to get these last two just to tie it. That's right. Oh, boy.
2: Okay, so moving on a semi-cooperative game with the crossroads <laughs> it's semi-cooperative <Yeah. laughs> semi so you can get that semi part in semi-cooperative game with the crossroads card card system with zombies okay i, I do we know, we know that one. I, yeah. yeah you know it all right this 2015 area control game is set in the future with global warming where players toil at the South Pole to research solutions. This one's a hard one.
3: <laughs> that is a hard. This one. is a hard one. Say
1: it all again, just yes. so I can think.
2: This is a 2015 area control game set in the future with global warming where players toil at the South Pole to research solutions. Yep, I got it. So, yeah. It's a hard one. You do have that? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. This is a Martin Wallace deck-building game. So that's got to be in your element. A Martin Wallace deck building game about the French-British conflict in North America. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be tough. Come on, guys. It's a Martin Wallace deck-building game about the French and British conflict in North America. And that's your favorite designer. Yeah, exactly. Come
1: <laughs> on. Don't you know about your favorite designer? I-, I didn't say I didn't have it. Maybe I got it. Okay. Okay. I <laughs> <All> right now. <Just laughs> All right. Trying to lure you in. Yeah, was you? <laughs> yeah. Your face nice
2: would say luring. otherwise. <laughs> nice luring. All right. Last one. This is a dexterity game set in an avian high school. A dexterity game set in an avian high school. I, this might be the first time I, I have
3: none.
0: What? Do, oh no, I'm sorry. One. I have the first one. I have the first oh, yeah,
3: one. Yeah, that one was too easy.
2: But I'm the rest of them. I got. You don't have nothing. the last one. A dexterity game set in an avian high school. Do you? Do I need to tell you what avian avian means? Well, I mean, for well, the
3: listeners, probably. Yeah. I was like, the, for the
2: <laughs> listeners, the listeners know what okay, you. Okay, it mean. means bird. Okay, well, that's what okay. I, I was, was thinking bird. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right.
2: So you know that one then?
1: No. No, I don't. <laughs> what? A bird high school? Yes. A bird high school. That's a dexterity game? Yes. No. 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 Ice cool.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, I don't think a penguin. I don't, is don't bird. think yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, think a what, penguin. What, they don't what fly. Would you call them. No, they're, they're
3: birds, but they don't fly, so I don't really think of them. <laughs> yeah. We talk, we're talking, especially uh,
1: I think of them as penguins.
0: This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> this just went off the rails. Yeah. All right. Um, Linky, okay,
1: games that are set in cold environments. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so that hard one was Antarctica.
3: The uh, the area What's control game. game. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that designer's not really well
2: known. It's Charles something. I, I feel bad, but oh, I can't remember his I'm, name. I'm thinking of a different guy. No, this is Antarctica, and that Snowdonia
1: was no, because you said no. Martin was...
2: Wallace game was a few acres of snow. Oh, a few acres of yeah. snow. Okay, that's a pretty famous game. Oh, I didn't know that was Martin Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay.
1: Obviously, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All
2: right, so uh this one is is worth two points here
1: all right okay i got a chance here (laughs) this last one it's worth two points this one's harder than the rest
0: okay
3: i think the last one should have been worth two yeah i want you to get that either
1: are you ready well it can be and this one can be worth one it's the same thing
2: (laughs) be careful not to take too much poverty in this engine building city builder from osprey games Got it. Be careful not to take too much poverty in this engine building city builder from Osprey Games. The next one is the theme of this game is a mashup of Sherlock Holmes and Cthulhu with deck building. Linky. Martin Wallace games. Yes. Oh, what? it's so crazy <laughs> that you didn't. all that it is? That's ridiculous. Get out of town. Oh,
1: man. I'm so surprised that Clef didn't get his favorite I designer. I'm like, no, I'm like, London, is it going to be like cities? Is he is he going to do something, you know, with uh, Did you have the second one? capitals? Yeah. I have the second one? <laughs> okay, off. I'm sorry.
2: Here, you can get these points back if you can name these other two games. Here we go, Clef. You ready? Ooh, Here we name on. the second game. Yeah. Read the one again. Read it again. Themed mashup of Sherlock Holmes and Cthulhu deck building. No, I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, that might just be the off one. We'll give you the other two and you'll be fine with these. Okay. Okay. Network building game about clearing mists and piggies as a resource
1: uh Linky Martin Wallace, <laughs> what is
2: it, Richie? Via Nebula. Okay,
1: all right. So, but he's going to get
2: this one. I know he'll get this one. All right, here we go. 2011 game set in the Discworld universe. 2011 game set in the famous Disc Discworld universe with Tony Terry Pratchett. It's got a big turtle on there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, you have made your point. <laughs> I Martin Wallace because of Brass. All right, you win. All right? <laughs> I need to play some more Martin Wallace games, all right? <laughs> are you happy now? A little. No, I don't know any of those games. Okay, so maybe, Richie, those are the games you're going to
2: pick to play with him, right? <laughs> those Some of those deck builders I that do, Martin Wallace has. The Nebula says. is on my list. There I you go. got to get that played. All right. Well, we solved this. <laughs> I like feel there like something you. really big just happened today. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right, well. Uh, That is our game. If you would like to contact us, feel free to hit us up at Punchboarders on Twitter, at Punchboard Paradise on Instagram. We're on Facebook with at Punchboard Paradise. And also, if you were wondering, our contest is still going on. If you want to win one of those sweet, sweet Punchboard Paradise dice trays, you can still tweet out this episode until... February 6th, and you could be entered in a contest to win one of those dice trades like we talked about in the last episode. If you've already done so, you can get a second entry by retweeting this episode. So if you already already did last episode, you can
1: get another entry. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for episode 23. Next episode, the punchboarders are going to review Wingspan. Ka-ka, ka-ka. <laughs> <laughs> and do a draft of our favorite games we get like super excited in while we're playing and almost like want to jump up and scream type of game so we're going to do a draft of that and that's about it everybody thanks a lot for listening have a great night bye good night everybody thanks for listening